0: just call on me and i'll send it along with love from me to booze welcome to boozy bracketology ladies and gentlemen my name is chris i am your host and possible fifth panelist as we dive into the third quadrant of our best beatles song and with me tonight are four panelists that are ready to give their controversial opinions we're going to start out in reno nevada sarah my friend how are you doing what are you drinking
1: Hi, Chris. It's so good to see you. I have got my usual, my normal Great Basin, Wild Horse Amber Ale. Uh, I do have to say though, you have to come and visit me because they have these ciders that are just like phenomenal. I can't even describe. I'm not even a cider person. And I go and I'm like, give me every cider that you have. It's amazing there. Great Basin Brewery. I will always represent Reno, Nevada. So happy to be here tonight.
0: I love the fact that you seem to think that beers was going to get me to Reno, not seeing one of my best friends. Like I love the fact that that's, you, probably that's your probably beer. <laughs> probably beer. You know me so well. Speaking of people that know me well, Huntsville, Alabama, Mike, my friend, how you doing? What are you drinking?
2: Chris, I'm doing great. Uh, it sounds like I called into the Delilah show or something like that. Uh, I know you're. I know why you're talking quiet, but. Uh, this is my
0: sexy voice, according to Sarah.
2: Uh, well, yeah, I know. We should call you Sadie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that was, there was a little another yet another Beetle joke. We were dropping them hard and fast right before the uh, episode, too. I'm doing great, uh, though, Chris. I actually like Sarah. I tend to prefer to represent local when I can. But I saw this beer and I was very intrigued by it because it's called lunch. It's an India pale ale, and it's actually from the main beer company. But I picked it up because I was like, okay, is there a reason why it's called Lunch? And there actually is. Uh, lunch is a, this is according to the bottle, Lunch is a special whale that has been spotted off of the main coast since 1982. She has what looks like a bite taken out of her fin, which adds to her unique character. We dedicate this beer to her determination and persistence. Keep on swimming. I thought that was awesome, so I had to pick up this beer. We'll see how it tastes.
0: Hey Mike, I'm gonna need a picture of that beer, and I'll tell you why in a second.
2: Oh, okay, I will do that. First, I will taste it, though.
0: It looks oh, like wow. That is really bottle. really good.
2: That is really really good. I like that a lot.
0: Big ass bottle of beer, Mike. That's a big. It is. Ass it's bottle it's of a beer.
2: It's a it's a pint point. It's one point a pint and point nine fluid ounces, so just over a pint. <laughs> But I will take a picture of it for you so you can uh, add it to your beer porn collection.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So uh, I need a picture of that beer because, Mike, when you left and our Tuesday softball team folded, I got put on a free agent team because I still wanted to play. So me and my friend Susie went and played on a free agent team. We were called Launchpad, but we had fun as a team. We hated our names. We actually changed our name to Lunch Beer.
2: Oh, that's fantastic. Okay.
0: (laughs) I I will need that beer. I'll need a picture of that beer so I can send it out to the team.
2: I will definitely do that. I'll get you a better picture than this, but I'll get you this picture for right now. All that's right.
0: right. Now we're heading over to the Prince of Palm Harbor. Jeff, my friend, how are you doing? What are you drinking? I don't know why,
3: but I really like that name now. I think that's going to stick. Mm-hmm. i uh, <laughs> um, I don't know. I think we can probably just call the bracket now because uh, all I want is some more for me to booze. Um, <laughs> I need a full recording of that.
2: I'll uh, for me. notice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love booze.
3: Oh, yeah. For me, I'm actually stepping into the uh, the territory in which you and Mike like to frequent so much. And I've got a dark beer. Ooh. Ooh. I, uh,
0: I am intrigued.
3: What hell am I stuck on? Um,
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but I've actually got something I probably both have had, but it's the left-hand brewing peanut butter milk stout.
0: Yes, it's so good. Oh,
3: yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. It's a classic. I, uh, little background here. I, uh, I, what was I doing? Oh, we were playing D D a a few weeks back and we had run out of beer. So I pulled up Uber Eats, clicked on, <laughs> I don't know, five or six or seven or way too many different types of beer, ordered it to my house, and they brought me a box of beer to my door. And that's now awful. my fridge is just full of beer that I spent way too much money on.
0: Uh, things they
2: won't let us. us do in Alabama yet.
0: What, play D&D? <laughs> 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 and
2: have beer delivered to our door, yeah. Ah, it's, that it's, one. It's, yeah.
0: Uh, well, You'll notice I didn't call Mike the pride of Alabama because we have a new pride of Alabama. Mm. Nate, my friend, how are you doing? What are you drinking? How was the How was the
4: trip? I'm doing good. Um, I am in Mobile, Alabama. So if anybody here is from the region and knows Naked Trivia Nights, please let me know. I went to one last night. It was fun on a team by myself. Didn't get last place. That was fun. That's awesome. Um, yes. And I got here about two weeks ago, but I've still not been able to go to any local breweries. So I've not been able to try anything local yet. And so I just picked something up from the store. I've actually never had it until, uh, tonight. Um, I got a yingling beer, which I've never had growing up because it was not sold out of the East coast. Yeah, and so I was able to get it, and it's 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 okay. It's 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 a it's a okay beer. I like it.
0: It's, it's like my go to daily drinker. If you if I have to drink a beer every day and it's readily available, it's inexpensive, it's going to be Yingling. I'm a big fan.
4: Yeah, I'm
0: yeah. really liking it. Well, I'm uh, I'm not on any of your trains tonight, y'all. I'm 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 basic bitching it out. Yeah. I truly myself, in the
1: house. No,
0: truly oh, no. no.
3: Is it one of those Michelob?
0: It, it is a Michelob Ultra Organic Hard Seltzer. <laughs>
1: organic it's organic
0: it's been, it has been don't ask me why but it's been just it's been a really stressful week and like i haven't gone out shopping it was this or bourbon so i'm saving bourbon for the next recording <laughs> fair um, enough this it's hot though it's hot here y'all this is a strawberry guava hard seltzer <laughs> it, just, it was calling to me i'm not gonna lie
2: yeah we hit 100 today so i hear you on the hot oh that's refreshing though mm. yeah, my car no today
4: shame. said it was 113 degrees yep.
0: my car today said tilt
4: <laughs> my, my, my my car even with my air conditioner on today my phone was in the car and it shut off because it was too hot <laughs> oh, oh my god
0: oh that sucks well we're gonna jump right into it ladies and gentlemen we are here to determine which songs are moving on to the round of 32 for the best beatles song portion of the bracket and we're gonna start off with our play-in game sarah you're kicking us off your play-in game to be the 16 seed is it going to be from me to you or I'll follow the sun?
1: So this is going to be slightly awkward because I'm voting for I'll follow the sun. And it's not because of your singing rendition of from me to you. So I want to be very clear. You didn't ruin it for me. I did not intend to vote for it initially. Uh, This one just came down to personal choice for me. I I love the melody of I'll follow the sun. Um, I probably love all songs that the Beatles sings about the sun. We'll probably get into that a little bit later, but, um, yeah, it's kind of short and sweet. I'm going to give my vote to I'll follow the sun for just rock and melody. I like it.
2: All right, Mike, over to you. Yeah. So this play in game basically exists for two reasons. Uh, one is that for Me to You is, I believe, the only song on Beatles 1 that hadn't already made the cut. Uh, the Beatles 1 being the uh, album they released with all the, all the songs that hit number one in uh, America. Like, And now actually, that was one of my gateway albums into the Beatles. So I felt like it should be here. It's definitely it's a high-end, early song. That's why it was a single. But it, it mostly blends in with a lot of the early stuff to me um the other reason that this play and game exists is because i felt bad not having at least one more song off of beatles for sale uh because there's only one other one which i think we'll get to later in this round or maybe next round i don't remember but honestly it's also because i love i'll follow the sun i think it's such a pleasant and relaxing song as sarah hit the nail on the head it's got this beautiful melody it's an early uh paul melody i, th- I want to say he wrote it back in like Like I want to say, like around the please please me, era. it's a it's a pretty old song that he had kind of just had around and knocking around in his head, and just never made it to a record before. But it's it just evokes like this happy these happy feelings, and kind of it actually has a little bit of this of a hippie ish vibe that they would explore a a lot more later in their songs uh, later on. So it's it's definitely the song of these two that I would rather turn on. So I'm going to give it my vote.
0: All father son has a two nothing lead. Next vote goes to Jeff.
2: Yeah, well, I think um,
3: uh, unlike Sarah, you did ruin from me to you because <laughs> now I now I know there's a better version, um, <laughs> and I need to know that version. Um, but uh, no, for for me, I think for me to you is kind of that classic early Beatles sound that everyone knows, um, and either you love it or you don't. Um, but for me, I I kind of as has been mentioned before, personally love the more kind of chill, acoustic influenced uh, tracks. And for me, this is I'll I'll Follow the Sun.
0: All right, Nate, do we have a sweep?
4: We have a sweep. I just think that I'll Follow the Sun is just a nice, good pop song Um, for me to use is good. But again, I I think it was said um, it kind of blends into other songs from the early catalog. I'll Follow the Sun, I think, stands on its own a lot better. And it's just a better song.
0: Well, I went ahead and burned my For Me to You bridge as early as I can because I figured it wasn't going to be moving on. I'll follow the sun moves on and there is no rest for the wicked. The sixteen seed is I'll follow the sun taking on the one seed from this portion of the bracket a day in the life. We're starting it off with Mike. Mike got bit by the mute bug way too early in the recording to get bit by a mute bug.
2: I didn't even realize I was muted. Darn that, that, that totally killed that intro, but, uh, uh, (laughs) I'm just going to sing it. I'm just going to sing it again. I drank some booze today. Oh boy. (laughs) Not, not to steal your thunder, Chris, but, uh, yeah, a day in the life appeared on the top of a lot of lists that I researched while doing this bracket. And it's for good reason. It's, a fantastic song It's, I think it's not one that a lot of people That just casually are kind of aware Of the Beatles are, are all that familiar with uh, Because it is It's an album track It was never released as a single to my knowledge It's the closing track off of Sgt. Peppers uh, It's probably made appear- occasional appearances On radio But it, it's an awesome song nonetheless It distills the greatness of both Paul and John Kind of together And it also got this great psychedelic vibe It's got uh, that classic Ending where the orchestra just keeps uh escalating, but they're doing it at, at different rates. The Beatles actually wanted it to be chaotic, but they didn't know the orchestra, they're all they were all trained classical musicians. They didn't know how to play chaotic to not music. So George Martin actually wrote the chaotic music for them. <laughs> it's a great story. And then it ends with that piano chord that just carries you off into the uh the sunset after you've listened to one of the greatest albums ever recorded. So I do love I'll follow the sun. Uh Always a pleasant listen, but A Day in the Life gets my vote all the way.
0: Day in the Life picks up a vote. Next vote goes to Jeff.
3: Yeah, this one's an interesting one, and I think Mike kind of touched on that because I was infinitely more familiar with the two sixteen seeds that were coming in against this. Um, I, I guess I, you could probably put me in that more casual listener realm, I guess. But uh yeah, after listening to uh, A Day in the Life several times now, there's no chance in hell either one of those would touch that. It's such an incredible song. Um, and, and I hope that maybe more people will know about it purely because of this. Because, um, again, I thought that I knew the Beatles pretty well, and I did not know that song. Um, So, yeah, I mean, for me, there's that. that's the better song uh, that that groove that hits halfway through the song is just just delightful. Um, so for it's a day in the life for
0: me. All right, Nate, over to you.
4: Years ago, when I went to college in Minnesota, I'm from Minnesota, uh, there was, I was driving after a really bad snowstorm. It was really slippery outside. And I remember driving in front of the airport, like, about an hour-ish away, and as I was coming back into town, I was listening to the Beatles, and this song came on. And right during that last kind of, you know, that, that, that almost orgy of sound, my car spun out, and it was almost perfectly timed. And then as I roll into the ditch... I'm almost in a static shock, and as I'm coming to, I hear that chord, uh, almost that that that. I know I use the word orgy. I use climax. I guess for the end, <laughs> and it was just like it was a it was a cosmic soundtrack to one of the worst days of my life. Um, but regardless, it is one of the best songs of all time. It is the song that really made me realize how great the Beatles were. It's almost like a Beatle sandwich because the lyrics are, you know, it's a John song and then a Paul song kind of crammed in the middle and Mm. then finished by another John song. Um, And it's just done so, so effortlessly. It's a beautiful song. Um, And so I give my vote gladly to Day in the Life.
0: All right. And Sarah, do we have a sweep?
4: We sure do. Uh,
1: But I was surprised that not a lot of people were familiar with this song, or I guess I didn't know that it wasn't like a single release here. I don't, I can't remember when I first heard it, but I mean, it's always been as part of my Beatles collection. It it is a magnificent song. Um, I can't really add more than what everyone else has already said. So it's a sweep for me.
0: And it is sweeping its way to the round of 32. We are moving right along. Jeff, you're kicking us off here. The 8-9 matchup. The 8th seed of We Can Work It Out versus the ninth seed of "Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band.
3: Yeah, I think uh, a couple episodes into this now, there's there's not many times I'm going to vote against the more rock and roll influenced song. Um, in that same vein, there's a good chance I'm probably going to vote against the tambourine um, in almost all <laughs> cases. Yeah. So uh, this is certainly no exception. Um, I'm going to be going with "Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band here.
0: All right, that's the first vote. Next vote goes to Nate.
4: As I said, the last song, the Day of the Life made me a Beatles fan of that song, but the album, I loved Sgt. Pepper in college. And uh, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, it's a good song, and it kind of mixes into the next song uh, with a little help from my friends, and it just feels like Sgt. Pepper is a little bit of an appetizer for just a better song that's just about a minute and a half away. Uh, and so um, with that, I really like We Can Work It Out, even though it's got tambourines. Uh, lyrically, I I, I I like it. There's that lyric in there that life is very short and there's no time. Uh, the older I get, the more profound that seems. Um, when they did the music video, pr- promotion video for this, they're wearing that those really awful, colorful costumes and outfits. And just for that, I need to go with We Can Work It Out.
0: We can work it out. It's got its first vote. No, next vote goes to Sarah.
4: So this might get a little
1: bit interesting. Um, I was going to say basically exactly what Nathan said. I, I think one of my favorite lines is life is very short and there's no time for fussing and fighting, my friend. I maybe the odd one out here and maybe I'm showing my cards. Mike knows this. I'm not a huge Sergeant Pepper's. Fan, I I, I kind of lost interest a little bit when it started to get a little bit weird. On the flip side, like I enjoy a good tambourine. Um, for so for that, I I do think Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band is the more popular song. I think this is a, a real close eight nine matchup. Um, so I'm gonna send this Mike's way. I'm gonna I'm gonna give my vote though for we can work it out.
2: Well,
0: Sarah's doing my job. Mike, over to you.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, Nathan actually brings up a good point. Uh, I could have I've seen sometimes. In fact, I've, when, you've, when I've heard it on the radio, Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band and with a little help, my friends are played together as a single song. I could have I could have put the two of them together just to get more on here. Uh, but I, I had already done that cheat once, which we'll get to later. So I, di- I didn't do it here. Uh, I do agree. I think Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band is uh, it's such a great album opener. It's it's a wonderful way to bring you into the loose concept that tie, kind of ties that album together where it's the Beatles, but they're kind of pretending to be another band. Uh, it's a ton of fun. I love it. It's got it, It's it rocks pretty good. And it's it's got those great audience sounds. And it's a it's a fun song. But to be honest we can work it out to me is the better song. I think it's, uh, I think it's unsung among a lot of the ones that are on the Beatles. One album that I mentioned earlier, the, one, the singles that uh, were very popular. Um, and you guys hit the, hit the nail on the head about that, that, that key change in the middle and the bridge when uh, it switches over to John uh, and his rejoinder, is life is very short and there's no time for fussing and fighting. My friend, uh, I will um, I'll tell the story about the first time I ever heard that. Uh, that phrase, it was not as part of that song. I'll tell, I'll get a chance to tell that in the next episode because it's a little funny. Uh, but I do think it is a, um, a message that the world could probably use right now, too. Uh, so in that spirit, I'm going to give We Can Work It Out the third vote, blessedly keeping it out of Chris's
4: hands and moving it on. I feel bad for Billy Shears. He deserved better. But
0: <laughs> we're moving on. <laughs> Uh, Nate, you're picking us up here. You've got the five seat of Blackbird taking on the twelve seat of Twist and Shout.
4: Very different songs. Uh, one you got to cover that, as famous as it was before, and as famous as the Beatles probably made it. Um, probably more famous for uh, Ferris Bueller kind of lip syncing it uh, during Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Um, Blackbird is you know it's it's a uh, it's essentially a Paul song um i think the only people that really um performed during that song was you know paul his guitar his tapping shoe and a blackbird who's probably dead by now um, <laughs> but looking at those two songs twist and shouts probably the more classic song but blackbird is just you know it's it's a beautiful mellow song its lyrics are 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 really nice compared to Twisted up, baby. Now, um, I got to go with Blackbird.
0: Blackbird's got his first vote. Sarah.
1: Blackbird is going to have his second vote. I was actually kind of surprised to see this as a five seed. And um, not too sad to see it against Twist and Shout. Kind of the same thing. I, I don't know that I necessarily think of the Beatles uh, when I think of Twist and Shout. But Blackbird, to me, I mean, I have a couple of. I guess memorabilia. I don't know if that's the right word. With the lyrics on it, it. it I love the song. It's an emotional song to me. Um, it's slow. The rhythm in it kind of kind of keeps me engulfed in it. So, no doubter, Blackbird gets my vote.
2: All right, Mike, over to you so I forget if I mentioned this in either of the previous rounds, but I did actually have the immense pleasure of seeing Sir Paul in concert about 10 years ago and him playing. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. (laughs) I was, Sarah flipped me off and Nate just kind of gave me this, this like gasp for the, for this, for the, those of you that are listening and can't see, see the reactions. But, uh, and when he played Blackbird, it was an amazing experience. He told the story behind it, which, I had never given consideration to the story behind it, but the story behind it is basically it was about the civil rights movement and bird being a uh, British uh, term for uh, female. Uh, and, you know, they, they refer to women as birds uh, in, in uh, England. And, um, and they were talking, he was talking about seeing a black woman, uh, standing, standing up for her, right. I think it was, I think it was in, uh, with one of the school, uh, desegregation efforts or something like that. I wish I could remember the story exactly. And I should have looked it up before I came here, but I, that's such a, uh, it's such a beautiful story to me. And it was really cool to hear him tell it. And I will not be sad at all if Blackbird comes on, but this is my 12, five, because when I was doing this bracket, I almost just didn't include covers altogether. And the Beatles recorded a lot of covers early on in their career, but I decided what the heck, let's see how it shakes out. No pun intended. I'll include the covers and see if any of them make the cut and twist and shout did. And it did because I, and I, I, I think I'm going to disagree with my predecessors. I think Twist and Shout is absolutely the moment it dropped became a Beatles song. The story behind Twist and Shout and how it was recorded was so cool because they basically were trying to record all of the Please Please Me album in one session. And it's like midnight and they've got their they've got their track list and they decide we need to record one more song and let we need to get this puppy done the and they were trying to decide which song to do that was already part of their live repertoire. And they settled on Twist and Shout. Now, John Lennon's voice at this point, they've been recording all day. It's shot to absolute hell. So he drink—he drinks a bunch of milk and whatnot, and he powers through two, uh, two sets of Twist and Shout. But that's what gives his voice that raw rock energy. And I don't know if it's just knowing that story or just the song itself that's already inherent to it, but... It just gives it this energy that I find absolutely infectious. So like I said, I will not at all be upset if Blackbird moves on because I do love the song. I think it's beautiful, Uh, but I'm going to give twist and shout my vote.
0: And with that, we're going to find out Jeff over to you.
3: Well, uh, this one's an easy one. It's a slam dunk Blackbird Uh, twist and shout. I think is probably the, I would say more popular of the songs, but without a doubt blackbird is the better song to me um and i've got other things i'll we'll talk about but right now blackbird no competition here
0: all right blackbird moves on and we are moving on back over to sarah sarah you've got the 413 matchup the four seed one of my favorite board games ticket to ride taking on the thirteen seed of michelle
1: I, can't, I don't know if it's better that I start this or if I were to end this one. Um, so, these are two very, very different songs to me. And I looked up something because I was just really curious that Michelle came out in 1965. And I was looking up uh, baby names in 1966, the most popular women's baby names. And Michelle was number four. Yeah. Uh, just because I figure with Beatlemania. Um, it's a cute song. It it is. It's it's a sweet little I mean, I don't know that it would fly nowadays in music, but the you know, I love you, I love you, I love you. I, I say that to my dog like so much. So I don't know <laughs> that glimpse into my life. Um Ticket to Ride, again, I think it's a more popular song, but I'm I'm gonna throw my vote to Michelle. Just because we need, I, we know I'm a sucker for those cutesy little love songs, so I'm going to give it my vote. Ticket to Ride, I think, is the more popular song. It's the number four seed, deservedly so. Uh, so I'm going to throw Michelle a, a little bone for that, um, and see what you guys have to say.
0: Well, we're going to find out what everybody has to say. Next vote goes to Mike.
2: I do love Michelle. Uh, it's got this beautiful kind of almost baroque type of instrumentation it's got that one chord that they play in it that apparently they learned from an old jazz man and they they sat on it for years and were waiting for the right song to work it in it's like an f add something if if joel were here uh he, he would be able he would know it right away he'd be like oh yeah it's an f add six or whatever uh but i remember reading the story about that and i thought that was really cool uh and and Paul you know wanted to do wanted to do the french part and, and all that kind of stuff it's a, it's a great song it's a it's a good melody it's a fun song to listen to i in my opinion as far as r- the rubber soul album goes it's 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 kind of middle of the road it's not not it doesn't uh reach the heights of the best songs on there but it's uh you know better than about half but it doesn't matter. It can't touch ticket to ride to me uh, for the, for a long time. I considered ticket to ride my favorite Beatles song, and it's probably still top 10. Uh, it will be, I'll be interested to see uh, how it fares in some of these future matchups, but oh my gosh, I love the sound of the guitars in Ticket to Ride, and it's it's just got this like kind of like heavy, almost droning sound, and the drum fills after the ticket to ride, but you know, and the last time when he just hits the snare one time, god I love it. It's it's just it's such a fantastic song to me. Um, and I love I love the uh that it you know, it's apparently it actually is as uh related to the whole idea of she's got a ticket to ride is apparently somehow related to uh working girls. Um, which I just think is such a funny thing for them to, them to work in. I, I I just think it's a fantastic song. And it also conjures up the images of the, the scene from help when they're skiing down the slope. So ticket to ride is getting my vote.
0: So before we move on to Jeff, I got a text message from Sarah. I did confirm that she, in fact, don't care, Jeff, you're up. (laughs) That's not true. (laughs)
3: Well, if there if there's one thing that we've all learned about me in all of these different boozy bracketology episodes, is that no matter how good or bad a song is, I will always vote for a love ballad. Love ballads over everything. There's nothing better in the world. Oh, that's not me. That's Sarah. Um
2: <laughs> I was like, what is <laughs> happening right now? I was so confused
1: for a minute.
3: However, as we've already established, if there is something I will vote against it's the tambourine. <laughs> and this is, again, no exception. Uh, plus, who doesn't love a good love ballad with some French in it? So I'm going to go
0: Michelle here. Michelle has another vote. Nate, we're over to you.
4: <clears throat> I like this matchup. Both are great songs. Uh, Michelle is, is a great love song. I know some people say the world's full of silly love songs. <laughs> um, I've heard that. Probably is. Yes, I've, I've heard a great singer once say that. Uh, and, and Michelle's is, is, is a good song, good love song. Um, the, 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 the French of the song isn't quite, um, it's not my favorite lyric song. Uh, Ticket to Ride, um, I think it was said earlier, uh, the guitar work on that song is epic and awesome from beginning to end. Uh, there's some, uh, some there's, I think there's a, there's a chord change. Through it, that's just, it, it it's a complex song for being, I think it's about, I think it was one of the first songs to go over three minutes, I think. Uh, just one of their, it, it's it's one of my favorite songs from beginning to end. I'm going to have to make this go to a tiebreaker because I can't vote against Ticket to get the Ride.
0: And I'm so glad that you did. Because um, I, I, I know Jeff doesn't like the tambourine. He's still a Bob Dylan fan. I'm willing to bet. Still a Bob Dylan fan. See? The
2: birds did it better, though.
0: Okay. Okay. (laughs) Don't make me regret what I'm about to say. I'm not a love song guy. I never really have been. Ticket to Ride is a really fun song. I don't know anything about musically, but I know which one I'm going to listen to a lot more. And for me, that's going to be Ticket to Ride. So Ticket to Ride gets my vote. It moves on to the round of 32. And we are moving on. Mike, you're kicking us off here. We've got a 6-11 matchup. The 6-seed Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. The 11-seed Hello Goodbye. Take us away.
2: This one actually was not that difficult for me uh, compared to several of the earlier ones. I like Hello Goodbye. It's a fun song. Uh, I especially like the... the, uh, very end part is probably my favorite when it he goes, hello, and kind of drifts off. And then it kicks back up and goes, hey, ah, like, I love that. It's so great. Uh, especially if you've ever seen the video that they recorded and aired on the Ed Sullivan show, it it just makes that. Song. it's it is a lot of fun. But I kind of side with uh, Lennon's take on it, where it's lyrically not super interesting. It's just a juxtaposition of opposites. You know, it's it's a very basic song overall. Lucy and this guy with Diamonds is just acid-soaked goodness i i just i enjoy the hell out of that it kind of the the only downside to lucy in the sky with diamonds is it's the first song on sergeant peppers that kind of breaks with the whole like is wait are we watching a concert or is this just a, a random mishmash of songs i don't really care it's fantastic but but it's it's i love i don't know if it's true that you know he swear he swore up and down it was uh, written about a drawing that his son made of his uh, school classmate who was named Lucy. Uh, and that it was just pure coincidence that the three capitalized words in the song just happened to begin with an L, an S, and a D. I'm sure it was. But it doesn't matter. The imagery is so cool and evocative. And the the sound that uh, I don't even know what instrument it is that kind of makes that that crazy basically the the hook sound that that opens the whole thing but it's a wonderful song i i love the hell out of it so lucy in the sky with time is gonna get my vote here
0: all right next vote goes to jeff
3: yeah well um i mean basically i'm gonna say everything that mike said but not as cool um i mean i'm all here for the uh, lsd visuals i mean who who hasn't watched a movie with a good hallucination scene and just loved it i mean you, you see something like that and this pretty much takes you right there just with audio. Um, I mean, you don't even need to be seeing anything. Just listening to it, you get that same sense. But for me, I just love Hello Goodbye, and it's such a great song about marriage um, and how incredibly easy marriage is. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> so I think it, just having such a, a, a great song that they wrote about this topic... Um, I mean, plus the end with the nonsense lyrics, it really just fits the whole motif. Uh, I'm going to give a vote here to Hello Goodbye.
0: Hello Goodbye has the vote. Next pick here goes to Nate.
4: I've said it before. Paul McCartney is one of my favorite musicians of all time. Uh, He's my favorite Beatle. Um, And he's written, if if I had to rank my favorite Beatle songs, he'd probably have more in there than anybody else. Saying that, Hello, goodbye would not be on that list. It's a good song. It's not a great song. I like it. I don't love it. I think "Lucy in the Sky" was probably um, one of John's best psychedelic songs. Probably this and "Strawberry Fields," I would say. Um, but "Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds" just it, it lyrically it's bizarre, but lyrically it works. And it's got that great bump bump. That's just that great kind of melody throughout the entire song. I need to go with Lucy and the Sky with Diamonds. And I don't believe John for a second. is kid could have drawn a picture. It's about drugs. Selling <laughs> flowers of yellow and green. He's seeing and hearing colors.
0: All right, Sarah. It's over to you.
1: I don't know that I have much to add to this. Um, I just like Mike's line of the acid soap times. <laughs> Anything that uh, for that. So, uh, yeah, I, Lucy and the Sky with Diamonds. It's maybe I'm wrong. I would venture to say one of the Beatles' most popular songs. Uh, most people know this song. Uh, Hello, Goodbye. It is a sweet tune, but I'm going to. Lucy and the Sky with Diamonds is going to move on for me.
0: Lucy in the Sky is moving on. For those that do care, my vote would have been for Hello Goodbye. Wow. We are moving along. We've got three picks left in this episode. We're going to go over to Jeff. Jeff, you have the 3-14 matchup. The three seed, Eleanor Rigby taking on the 14 seed. Please, please me, take us away.
3: Well, uh, I don't know if I'm going to be pleasing you, but I am really enjoying being the odd man out for uh, several of these, <laughs> and that's something I'm definitely going to be leaning into from now on. Um, <laughs> however, um, being a, I would say, traditionally or classically trained musician, um, there, there's no way that I would say probably any of these songs are going to touch everything that I love about Eleanor Rigby. Um, And, you know, there will be, I would assume, plenty of time to talk about more aspects of how great that song is. Uh, But right now, I'm just going to go ahead and throw my vote towards Eleanor Rigby.
0: Eleanor Rigby, it's got its first vote. Nate, over to you, sir.
4: I'll start off with it. I'm going for Eleanor Rigby. Um, It's just a great song. Lyrically, that song just, despite being so short, has this... Story that I still have no idea what's going on. even though there's a lot of detail in there. Uh, Eleanor Rigby, and then you got Father McKenzie, uh, who's writing a sermon that nobody will hear while I'm not in his socks. And then nobody goes. Just it, it's a sad song about isolation and loneliness, and the importance of not having holes in your socks. Um, I love Eleanor Rigby. It's one of my favorite songs in the world. It's it's a piece of art. Um, I'm surprised there's never been a movie made about Eleanor Rigby. Um, I just think it could be some kind of art film. That would be fantastic. There's just so much in that little song. All the lonely people, where do they come from? Where do they all belong? It's a beautiful song. Eleanor Rigby.
0: Eleanor Rigby's got a 2-0 lead. Next vote here is going to Sarah.
1: Yeah, I'm going to piggyback off that. I, to me, I see the full story. I see in my mind when I hear this song, what Eleanor Rigby looks like and what Father Mackenzie looks like. And I picture the church and I picture, I, I can picture everything surrounding the song. And to me, it's its a, a sad story, but also beautiful. Uh, it makes you think like where, to me, it makes you stop and think like, what if, what's going on in someone else's life? Like maybe... Give them some credit. That's what it kind of means to me of just maybe take a step back. Other people's lives are a little bit different. Think of life from their shoes. Uh, please, please me. I think it's a good song. I think it was just off a, up against a, uh, should I say juggernaut? Is it too early to drop the J word? A juggernaut of Eleanor Rigby. Um, so Eleanor Rigby gets my vote.
0: And we're going to close it out with Mike.
2: Uh, just to piggyback off that real quick i could bring this up next time but one of the things that i love about uh in ter- in terms of seeing the whole story and you know the lonely the two lonely people another thing that i love about it is the fact that they were both lonely and yet in that final moment they were connected because he was the one that was get that delivered the final sermon at her at her grave and then wiped the dirt from his hands it's 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 so fantastic. Uh, my, my vote is also going to go for Eleanor Rigby. But before I do that, I just wanted to um, share a, something for uh, in case people who are big fans of the movie That Thing You Do aren't familiar with the story of Please Please Me. The story of Please Please Me is that it was actually written as a slow Roy Orbison-style ballad, very similarly to the song That Thing You Do in that movie. And George R.R. Martin came in. I think it was, I think it was Martin. If I'm somebody came in, I'm pretty sure it was him. And he said, You need to speed this up and make it more of a rock and tune. And that's what they did. And it's just, and it's exact same as what happens in that thing you do, except in that thing you do, it's the drummer who just plays the beat fast. But it turns that song from being kind of forgettable to just being this awesome little banger. You know, it's it's two minutes long. It's it sneaks in a really uh it's an amazingly uh Subtle yet kind of cool for, for getting away with it at that time. Reference to oral sex in a, in a song like in 1963. Fantastic. I love Please Please Me. Sarah said it. She stole my line. I don't care. It's up against the juggernaut. Eleanor Rigby does get my vote.
0: So fully admitting here that when Mike starts talking, I always kind of tune out for seven to eight minutes while he wraps up his point.
2: But Did then I, I say things like oral sex and you perk up.
0: I, no. <laughs> Did I hear you wrong? I could swear I heard you say George R.R. R. Martin came in.
2: Did I say that? That's hilarious. Yeah, that's I what I have. heard. I might have. That's hilarious. I was uh,
0: I'm like, finally, so much something, it would have been awesome.
2: That's fantastic. <laughs> no, it's so this is the, this is a slight segue. But when George Martin, the producer for the Beatles died, uh, you know, unfortunately, a couple of years ago, I was. It was, you know, obviously it was was sad when that happened, but I was also getting a weird perverse pleasure out of telling a bunch of friends who were big Game of Thrones fans. Hey, did you hear George Martin died? (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Yeah, because that's 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 just who I am.
0: If only he didn't doesn't have to live to see the bastardization of his product on the national television. All right. We are moving right along. Next vote is going over to Nate. Nate, you're getting us started here. You have got the seventh seed. You've got to hide your love away, or the tendency the long and winding road.
4: This one was really hard for me. um both great songs. I mean, um, I have a tendency during these things. I did it last uh, last episode I think I overshared, and I'm gonna overshare right now again. Um, I struggle with uh, depression, and both these songs lyrically really speak to me as a person that, that 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 has depression, which I'm sure a lot of listeners might be struggling the same way. And if you do, uh, you're not the only one. Um, but Long and Winding Road, it's this beautiful song about reminiscing. And there's that lyric, many times I've been alone and many times I've cried. That lyric just really, really gets to me. And it, it there, there's, a, there's certain times lyrics really speak to me and that one really speaks to me. And then in, in You've Gotta Hide Your Love Away, there's that lyric, how can I even try, I can never win, hearing them, seeing them in the state I'm in. And that's almost like a personification almost of what depression can feel like. It's just to me, I don't think he meant it to sound that way. I think it's more of a a love song, like a lost love song, but they speak to me in a very different way. And so this was a really hard one for me to choose, but lyrically, and it's almost Dylan-esque, Bob Dylan-esque, I'm going to have to go with You've got to hide your love away. It's it's a great song. I love it. I love both the songs, but you've got to hide your love away is I think just a better song.
0: You got to hide your love away picks up a first vote. Sarah, over to you.
1: Would you please quit saying exactly what I'm going to say before I say (laughs) it? (laughs) That would be excellent. So basically everything Nathan said Uh, To me, there's this matchup and there's one other uh, in the group here that to me is just the perfect matchup. These two songs to me are exactly equivalent. I I think it depends on what mood you're feeling that day. They're both beautiful songs. They're both slow songs. I don't think you can go wrong either way on this. My vote... (laughs) weirdly is leaning exactly the same way Nathan's was for the exact same reason. You've got to hide your love away reminds me of Bob Dylan. I I think if I hadn't known it was the Beatles and I heard it, that I would think it was Dylan singing it. Um, And that just slightly, slightly nudges out these two. I think they're so evenly matched. Uh, This one was a really hard one for me. But just the ever so slight edge to you've got to hide your love away.
0: All right, two nothing lead. We bring the next vote over to Mike.
2: Well, guess uh, guess what? One of the things that I have in my notes here is this is Lennon trying to be Bob Dylan. And it, it 100% is, but it works. He makes it his own. You know, I mean, he, he has the Dylan-esque references to like, you know, gather around all you clowns. But I, I love You've Got to Hide Your Love Away. It's a standout track on Help to Me. And honestly, this is kind of blasphemy. But I don't love Long and Winding Road. I like wind- Long and Winding Road. I think it's a very good song. I think part of the problem is is that the the let it be naked version, the one without all the Phil Spector overproduction, is in my opinion the better and more definitive version, but it's not the it's not considered the canon version, even though Paul probably would, but it's not the version that I have in my, you know, prime a Beatles collection, so I don't listen to it as much. And so that probably hurts the song a little bit, but lyrically you're hundred percent right. It is a beautiful song. And I hadn't really, you know, I hadn't given too much thought to, you know, a lot, a lot of those lines about, you know, the many times, you know, I've cried and stuff like that. It, it really is. I, it's a very good song, but I don't love it as much as I love. You've got to hide your love away. And I'm not going to hide my love of you've got to hide your love away, away. And I'm just going to give it my vote. I can't believe I actually got that out.
0: <laughs> All right, Jeff, <laughs> over to you.
3: Well, I don't think it's been mentioned here enough, but, uh, Bob Dylan, um, <laughs> apparently I love him.
2: Uh, <laughs> yeah. He wrote a song about tambourines
3: one time, a little bit about tambourines here, uh, but you will be happy to know that Linda did say once of this song that that's me and my Dylan period again. Um, so you all are correct. Um, yeah, I, uh, I hate to break with tradition here, but, um, you know, I, I think when I look at The Long and Winding Road, I, uh, I look at the album that it was on, and I think that they really understood what they were going for. The Long and Winding Road, they really just needed to let it be, and they needed to let it be not on this album. Um, I don't like this song. Uh, and, and because I don't like it, I am going to have to do the one thing that I don't want to do. And vote for the tambourine. <laughs>
2: um,
3: it actually actually, I, I truly do love you've got to hide your love away. Um, I actually heard it again, like a lot of Beatles songs out there as a cover. Um and it took me right back to the Beatles, and it's just such a great song.
0: Um, so yeah, gonna sweep it. My vote would have been for a long and winding road. <laughs> Not that it matters. We are moving on to our last pick of the evening, and Sarah, you're going to be kicking us off here. The two seed, talk about juggernauts, the two seed is Here Comes the Sun. The 15th seed is Nowhere Man.
1: I am going to drop two fun facts that I know nobody cares about. Um, So the first one is, (laughs) George Harrison's songs are my favorite Beatle songs, but he is not my favorite Beatle. The (laughs) second one is... Rubber Soul is my third favorite Beatles album. Uh, But this this doesn't even come close. Here Comes the Sun is one of my favorite Beatles songs. It's hard. I don't know how I'm going to, as we get further into the bracket, kind of narrow these down. I I love the message. It's just you could be in a dark place. Here Comes the Sun. I have a giant mirror in my house that has these lyrics on the mirror. I love it. Nowhere Man... It didn't stand a chance. Uh, I do love me some Rubber Soul, but here comes the sun all the way.
0: All right. First vote is locked in. Next vote goes to Mike.
2: Yeah. Nowhere Man is a fantastic track off of Rubber Soul. Uh, I'd probably put Rubber Soul. Rubber Soul might be my second favorite Beatles album. Actually, I I do love that album and Nowhere Man is a fantastic track off of it. It's it's often cited and I'm not 100% sure if this is correct, but I think it's it's often cited as one of the first Beatles songs recorded that did not reference, like, love or a woman or something like that. So it's it's kind of got that unique place in the Beatles canon. Beautiful song. and But if you thought uh, Please Please Me was going up against a juggernaut, <laughs> here comes the sun. Not any of the songs that we've discussed previously, not any of the songs we're going to discuss in the next episode. Here comes the sun. Is number one on all Beatles songs for Spotify streams. Believe it or not, that is true, and that that's amazing. That's that says something. I think here comes the sun, and it, it, it honestly that might partially be due to uh, the 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 hell of 2020 on and this idea of looking forward to brighter days. That might have been a contributing factor to it. But here comes the sun is just this beautifully simple it lyrically it's it's relatively simple and yet the for the feelings that it evokes and the the music behind it and the way that it elevates it is just transcendent and i think that that's that is the reason that it is that number one song and that is the reason that I, it's a number two seed and that's the reason that i have to give it my vote here
0: all right here comes the sun's got a two nil lead the next vote goes to jeff
3: yeah, I mean, this was an interesting one to see. Somehow sitting in a two seed, um, I, of course, with the Beatles, it's always very, very difficult to determine with their uh, their giant array of number ones what's going to be a number one. Hmm. But uh, I, I felt like this was a number one by far. Um, I don't think it has any competition, probably for a while, but certainly not against nowhere man. Um, again, you know, talk about. You know, learning guitar and becoming a guitarist. One of those little riffs you always, mm. you always want to pick up first is is "Here Comes the Sun" that intro. Um, so for me, it's "Here Comes the Sun."
0: Nate, over to you.
4: I really like "Nowhere," man. It's one of my favorite Paul songs. It's it's, it's one of my favorite it, lyrically. It's 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 beautiful. Uh, it's it's well produced. Uh, I think the promotional video they made for it is literally. Paul taking a boat and just filming himself looking out at the sea. Um, I like Nowhere Man. Here Comes the Sun. Oh, I think Sarah said it earlier. She likes every song about the sun. I have an aversion to the sun. I do not like the sun. I have a... a a. But despite that, Here Comes the Sun is just so warm and beautiful. Um, I'm going to age myself here, but... In 2001, I was a freshman in college, and the, the, the first class I really remember being exciting, excited for was the history of Rock and Roll. Also, in 2001 in November, at the end of the month, George Harrison passed away. And I remember going to class that that, that next morning or, or or shortly after. And it was an auditorium class. The lights were off. On the PowerPoint was a picture of George Harrison there was a candle burning up on the stage of the auditorium and George Harrison songs were playing. And this song was playing as I walked in and it just felt a sense of peacefulness from that song. And it was a sad time when George Harrison died. Um, But, um, and my professor obviously took a lot harder than anybody I've ever seen. Uh, But that song's just so beautiful. It stands a test of time. I need to go with Here Comes the Sun as well for the sweep.
0: And we're ending it on a sweep. Here Comes the Sun is Moving Along. And that brings us to the end of tonight's episode. So, just to recap, moving on to the sweep, no, they leave under 32. I am way wrong here. Moving on to the round of 32, we're going to have a day in the life taking on We Can Work It Out. Blackbird versus A Ticket to Ride. Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds against Eleanor Rigby. And then the Battle of the Sweeps. You've Got to Hide Your Love Away taking on Here Comes the Sun. Mike, you have something you want to say?
2: Yeah, I just wanted to. I just your looked hand. It, I, yeah, I just looked it up real quick because I, I had to know. 'Cause I because I I was pretty sure it was number one with the bullet. Here comes the sun has three hundred and twenty million more streams than the next closest Beatles song. Yeah. Which has come together is number two. You know, Nate. 320 million more.
0: Nate, you said that you you know you're not a big fan of the sun and all that, but I'm telling you right now, when when the new MCU movie Blade comes out, if that's not a ringtone on some vampire cell phone, I'm gonna be very upset. And with that, we are bringing it to the end of the episode. If you enjoy what we're doing here at Boozy Bracketology and you want to support the show, patreon.com slash P-T-E-B-B is your exclusive home for all of our bonus content. Be like our friend Nate here. If you've got the financial means to do so, please feel free to support the show. There's multiple options. there, starting as low as $3 a month. Every penny you give goes right back into making the show better. And we really do appreciate our support of our Patreon subscribers find us on the lounge fans of pub trivia experience and boozy bracketology right there on facebook um also you can find our sister podcast boozy bracket up uh, wow our sister podcast is pub trivia experience see <laughs> one hard seltzer in i'm losing. <laughs> uh, but coming up on the pub trivia experience we are going to have as part of our hot seat tournament challenge mike against nate yep and that will be a matchup for the ages. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed what we're doing at Boozy Bracketology. We've enjoyed bringing it to you for the show. I have been Chris.
4: I have been Sarah.
2: I have been Mike. I have been Jeff.
4: I have been and still am Nathan.
0: <laughs>
2: have a good one, everyone.